Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Forefront Church, Brooklyn. And if you're new here, you're especially welcome. We've got a wonderful service planned, and um, I hope it wasn't too difficult getting in. So for the past few weeks, we've been talking about the Enneagram. And if you don't know what that is, you've been living under a rock, because that's all we've talked about in this church it's, uh, the last few weeks. So it's a personality test. And um, so if you're anything like me, uh, you read your, your description type, and then you seesawed between acceptance and denial about your type. Not sure if you liked it or not. Or maybe you were like my friend Brianne Thomas, who's one of our community members, and what she did is she took her description and completely tore it apart and just analyzed every single part, questioning it and challenging it. Or maybe you were like her husband, Spiro, who took only the good bits of his description and then he called it a day. Can anyone guess what type he is? A seven, the enthusiast. So, but what we did come to agree on is that it's helped us become more mindful about how we communicate to others and about how we relate to the people around us and what our expectations are of them. You might have heard me speak a few weeks ago about how the Enneagram can be used as a tool to discover our true identity in God. And part of that road to discovery is through reclamation and restoration through prayer. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, the Enneagram can be used to find the most optimal path to our true selves through different prayer postures. The same way that we can get stuck in patterns or behaviors that are consistent with our Enneagram type, we can also get stuck in prayer patterns as well. So for example, for me, um, I've always written in a prayer journal. Has anyone done that before? I love writing in a prayer journal. I would look back on it every few days and just read back on different entries and see how a situation's progressed or how I've progressed as a person. But that's all I did. All I did was write, and it was very one-sided. And so, in, in a very one-sided relationship with God, where God didn't write back, obviously. And so my pastor would encourage me instead to, to take time to meditate do meditative prayer to better listen to God. So he'd encourage um, us to gather in small groups and put some worship music on and sit in the presence of God. And my attention span for this would last about 10 minutes, or let's be real, I'm in the house of God, so I'm gonna be honest, it was more like five minutes, until my mind would wander, tell me I'm not the only one. I'd start thinking about my grocery list, the things I'd have to do, the deadlines I have to keep. And then at some point, I'd start dreaming about this, my, the, my next holiday. I am not good at meditation. But this is, part, this is normal for some of us. This is part of our prayer practice. For some of us, part of our prayer practice is clasping our hands together, bowing our heads, kneeling, prayer journaling. And depending on our Enneagram type, some of these prayer practices can offer more growth than others. So the Enneagram describes three different prayer postures. And the first one that I'm going to describe is solitude. Solitude is good for all of us to engage in, but is particularly beneficial for two, threes, and fours. It can be really difficult for some of us to make space for solitude for the purpose of prayer particularly if you're relational or you're naturally extroverted. Who, who feels that way? You might not even enjoy being alone. So 
in practicing solitude, you have to work really hard at it. The prayer posture of solitude is a call to consenting in, resting in, and engaging in solitude. Let me tell you how hard it is for me as a type two to, to consent to solitude. Even, I just don't like being alone, even if it's for a simple task like going to the grocery store. I will drag my five-year-old daughter with me to come. Even full knowing that she's gonna bug me about buying all sorts of unhealthy snacks before we even, even get to the cash register. I would rather deal with that than face going to the grocery store alone. That's just me, and that's how I am with my prayer practice. So it makes complete sense that I don't like praying on my own. In my prayer practice, I prefer to, and I'm more disciplined and more focused when I'm in a more communal prayer setting, where I'm in church or in a small group. But we can all find growth if we can just press into solitude in the presence of God. Because by pressing into solitude, you're forced to look within yourself. You're forced to reconnect with yourself. In Matthew 6, 6, Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room and close the door. But that's so hard for some of us to do. Could it be because it's easier for us to experience the presence of God through other people or with other people? Or could it be because we have a hard time receiving the message that we are worthy sitting alone, that we'd rather hear it from someone else? Being in solitude can allow you in solitude to discover who you are as God's creation. The second prayer posture is silence, which makes total sense for everyone to practice prayer in silence, right? And it's best for types five, six, and seven. But prayer in silence and meditation might not come naturally for us. You might be used to uh, unloading your thoughts, your anxiety on God by verbalizing them. I find comfort in these kinds of prayers, and you know the ones, the ones where you tell God all your wants and your needs. And I pray this way when my kids are sick, or when I'm running late for something, or when I'm waiting to hear back about a job or if an apartment's available. I'll pray something like, please, please God, give me this. Do this for me. I want this. I need this. I might even throw in a, if it's your will, God. But there's times for prayers like that. But you can also find growth in surrendering those thoughts and taking up silence. Sitting and resting in silence, allowing for silence in your prayer practices forces you to rest your mind and find comfort in surrendering your thoughts. Silence allows you to take a break from the internal chatter, from the mental activity, from the mental noise, and instead seek comfort in resting in silence. You surrender that and rest. Make space to quieten your mind. Find tranquility in that and find peace in that. The final prayer posture is stillness which again, it makes sense to be still in prayer. And this is most optimal for types eight, nine, and one. But being still in prayer is really difficult for us to do as New Yorkers, where we're so used to moving around and, and getting things done. And so that's why it's really hard for some of us to find 
routine to routinely find time to stop and to pray. And for some of us that are used to moving around, you don't get things done by stopping, right? I have I have an Apple Watch. Does anyone else have one? No one else? I'm the Thank you. There was like nobody for service. So I have an Apple Watch and there's an app on this that'll tell you, that'll remind you to breathe. It'll vibrate and then this message will come up, which is something like, it's time to breathe now. I'm not joking. So it'll come up and then it, you tap on it. It'll prompt you to take deep breaths in and out for about a minute. And then at the end of the minute, it'll congratulate you. It's a very positive watch. But I know it sounds really awful, but I have a really hard time finding space for that one minute to breathe. And it's because I'm, I'm usually taking my kids from place A to place B, or I'm working, or I'm in between appointments, or I'm barely managing my home. I see some heads nodding. That's you too. <laughs> so when you practice stillness, it forces you to surrender to your will and your desire to keep moving, to keep doing. It forces you to stop, and you're forced to take a break. In practicing stillness, you can begin to trust the will of God unfolding before you. You can begin to rest and slow down. So for the rest of this service, we are going to explore prayer, explore prayer practices that engage some combination of each of these elements. Ben, Teresa, and Leslie are going to take us through some different practices. And I'm not gonna lie, it's probably gonna get a little uncomfortable, but that's the point of Lent. The point is to, let, to stop and to self-examine and take time to look within, to shed light on the things in our life that might be unhealthy so that we can take steps towards healing and reclaiming our true identity in God. Press in because this is your path to restoring your identity in God. So for the rest of this service, I'd like you to give yourself permission to engage in and rest in stillness, silence, and solitude. <laughs> 